Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. friends well hey welcome back another week another day another episode another post it's me your host nick this is nick's nerd news today is october 13th we are halfway through october two weeks from halloween looks like we are on track for a great fall for gaming and movies and and everything and we're going to talk about some of that today we're going to talk about no time to die i did see it this this past weekend and i want to talk about far cry 6 and you know as always you know like share subscribe poke prod rate uh, thumbs up thumbs down do 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 whatever you feel makes you happy. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. And that's the beauty of being a fan and a listener and a friend and all that. Um, also, as always, check out the 101 League. Uh, great partners over there. You know, we do uh, FGC Nights on Thursdays. We do Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on Friday, Super Smash Brothers Melee on Saturdays. We're probably going to start doing some more games uh, this fall in the winter. I'm still working out the details on that, so don't uh, don't be discouraged. And you know, just a, a lot of a lot of fun things on the horizon. And uh, I am excited. I am excited. I am just generally excited for what the future holds. Cannot wait for Halo. We'll get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to Halo. And I'm just very excited. Um, That being said, you know, I'm uh, let let's just let's just get into the thick of it, huh? Let's just keep going forward and let's let's listen to what we're all here to listen about and that is of course the news the nerd news and we're going to start with video games as always and the first thing we want to talk about I do want to talk about is Far Cry and you know what Far Cry 6 is great I've only played just a few episodes so far, episodes, few hours, <laughs> and it, it the graphics, first off, are, are the best I've seen in a Far Cry in an Ubisoft game in a long time. It's a gorgeous locale. I mean, we're in the Caribbean in a country that's obviously uh, has massive parallels to Cuba. You play Danny, a uh, reluctant you know, guerrilla, guerrilla fighter, uh, and you're you're going up against uh, Giancarlo Esposito's um, villain, whose name escapes me right now. But 
the the what this game is is what Just Cause Four should have been. I'll say that, right? Because Just Cause Four was a letdown after the amazingness that Just Cause Just Cause Three was, and they, I mean, Just Cause does share similar topics usually with with Far Cry uh, lately, at least, uh, or well, at least Far Cry Six, if if anything. Um, but it, it's just, it's a great fun game. The, uh, like the new weapons they've added are, are actually really fun. And it's like a, like you're crafting, like you're really like a, a gorilla fighter, you know, putting together stuff and just trying to make sense of it all. Um, but it, it's just, it's it, overall, it's just a, it's a fun game. The, the story is actually well-written. It makes sense. It's something that you could definitely uh, like agree with and get behind and support. Um, it, it's just it. It's a game worth playing. If you've never played a Far Cry game, maybe don't hop in with with six. I would say like four or 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 three or or the original. Um, if you have played Far Cry and maybe you skipped five or or New Order or New Dawn, I should say, definitely pick up six. Six is a more uh, return to form. Uh, five was somewhat of a break from that. Um, six is more like the the old school ones, and, and even going back to, you know, Far Cry Four and the like. So it's definitely worth playing. Like I said, I, I don't want to give a full rating on it just because I haven't played enough to give a full review rating, but it's it's one hundred percent worth playing. Only after a few hours. Like I said, it's 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 classic Far Cry. It's fun. Great locale. Weapons feel fun. Everything just feels f- new. And it's it's gorgeous looking. Um it, it's just it's a fun game and worth your time and, and money. Um especially if you're into that style of game and have played Far Cry in the past. It's it's worth picking up again. So that's Far Cry Six. Totally worth it. Like I said, and and Giancarlo Esposito's in it. So again, why even question? Why even question it? Um, also, Xbox announced another new controller this year. This time, it's a 20th anniversary controller. They're also doing a 20th anniversary headset to go along with it, and they're translucent with nice green highlights and. They're actually really cool looking. Uh, very hard to get, but <laughs> at least um, pretty to look at. I did try to get them there on Amazon and on um, they're on Amazon and Microsoft. They haven't released them anywhere else yet, but I completely want to get one as soon as they become available again. Uh, they're like a black translucent color. Uh, with like the Xbox green highlights on the back, and they have a nice little twentieth, twentieth anniversary logo on them. They're very cool. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, some current news. Uh, so the current map for Warzone, uh, which is Verdansk, like eighties. This is the final season for Verdansk eighties. Um. And for Verdansk in general, it looks like they are going to be uh, changing it up, uh, of course, with the launch of the new um, Call of Duty 
So uh, this is season six. This current season will be the last for Verdansk as it is today. Um, so uh, be wary of that. Um, also, uh, Destiny 2 will be putting all of its Forsaken content in the Destiny Vault starting in February of next year. So if you have not completed all of that, you have until February to get in and complete the Forsaken content. I think that's all on Game Pass, too. Uh, if you have Game Pass, that's all included. Um, they did work out a deal with uh, Bungie to put all Game Pass DLC on Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. So at least you might not have to pay for all of it, I think. Some of it. I don't know. Um, so be on the uh, lookout for that. Um, moving on here. We finally, finally, finally got a official announcement for uh, GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition, which is maybe a remaster of GTA 3 and uh, Vice City and uh, uh, San Andreas. We don't we don't know the exact details other than it it's just it's gonna be um, it it's gonna be like some kind of remaster or re-release or something of the three of them in a collection. Now I recently played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because I think I have it um, for for 360 digitally. But it would be nice to go back to 3 and Vice City and like really play them and understand them again. And just in general, Vice City's great. 80s. And speaking of 80s and a great soundtrack, we finally know what the soundtrack is for Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. And it is an epic. It's got 28 songs. Uh, two uh, original songs by a band called Star the Star Lord Band, which is how Star Lord gets his name in that version of the universe, uh, and they're a total '80s hair band. But here is uh, a portion of the soundtrack: "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley, "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue, "Turn Me Loose" by Loverboy, "Holding Out for a Hero" Bonnie Tyler. Wake me up before you go-go, wham. Don't Fear the Reaper, Blue Oyster Cult. Turn Up the Radio by Autograph. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. White Wedding, Billy Idol. Hit me with your best shot, Pat Benatar. Everybody have fun tonight, Wang Chung. Rock, Rock Till You Drop by Def Leppard. Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Tears for Fears. Hangin' Tough, New Kids on the Block, Tainted Love, Soft Cell, I Ran, So Far Away, Flock of Seagulls, Everyone's a Winner, Hot Chocolate, All Tumble For Ya, Culture Club, We're Not Gonna Take It, Twisted Sister, I Love It Loud, Kiss, Take On Me, Aha, uh -huh. Love Song by Simple Minds, Call Me, Blondie, Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow, Relax, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. The Warrior by Scandal and Patti Smith. We Built This City, Starship. The Final Countdown, Europe. And then Zero to Hero and Space Riders with No Names by the Star-Lord Band. 
Um, they will all be in-game. If you stream, you can toggle them on or off, obviously, to make sure you, know, you don't get uh, demonetized on your videos. But that is an epic, epic soundtrack. And it's befitting as people associate great music with Guardians because of James Gunn. Uh, so I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, also, major news out of Sega. The creator of the Yakuza series, Toshihiro Nagoshi, has left Sega. Um, on top of them announcing a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um... He is leaving also the Ryugago Toku studio along with Sega. Um, I mean, they are working on a, a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon. But I guess after Chinese developer NetEase uh, has hired him away from Sega, he's been there for 32 years, since 1989. Um, he did say, quote, as I depart from Sega, I'm also leaving my position as the head of Ryu Ga Gotoku Studio. Thank you to the fans who have supported us in the Yakuza series for many years. You have my sincerest and deepest gratitude. I persisted and am here now thanks to what I learned from many people around me. It's credit to the colleagues who supported such that I could hone my mindset to continuously push boundaries. As of today, a new Ryu Ga Go Toku Studio is born where the series will live on. Though I don't know for sure what they will create, I believe the new generation will further enhance the foundation we built over the years and deliver great games to the world. To achieve that, they too need to continue to learn, challenge themselves, and grow. I ask that you continue your support of the studio's endeavors. Once again, I would like to express my deepest appreciation to all of you. Thank you so much for your support. Stay tuned for the many new beginnings. Wow, that's a big loss for Sega. Who knows what the future of the Yakuza series will look like without him. Um, he has influenced every Yakuza game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what becomes of it. Uh, and and I wonder... A lot of people are now wondering if the sequel to Like a Dragon will be the last Yakuza game. Uh, or if they'll move on to a new IP or anything like that. Uh, last week we started talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you want to say it, and if it would be open world. Or was that two weeks ago? Anyway, after rumors, we have finally learned... Um, oh, so that was last week. Uh, we have finally learned that it will not be fully open world. Uh, it, it is going to be more akin to what you do in Monster Hunter in that you have like a hub city and then you travel to different regions. Uh, per Kotaku, the Pokemon company has clarified, it says, quote, In Pokemon Legends Arceus, Jubilife Village will serve as the base for surveying missions. After receiving an assignment or a request and preparing for the next excursion, players will set out from the village to study one of the various open areas of the Hisu region. Husui region. After they finish they, the survey work, players will need to return once more to prepare for the next task, unquote. So, uh, from my understanding, a lot of people say this is very, very similar to Monster Hunter Rise, 
uh, with a hub area and exploration zones. Um, and this is all because of Joe Merrick of Serebi, who posted two photos of the map. Um, he said it's also like Monster Hunter and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, where it's set into different areas. And if you look at the picture, the map is segmented in, in a lot of ways. Uh, very similar to almost how it is in Sword and Shield. But we'll see what happens in January when the game actually releases. But I know a lot of people are let down hoping it was going to be like Breath of the Wild, and clearly it's it's not. And honestly, Game Freak, get your shit together. You've been developing games for over 20 years. You can do more than what you're doing. Plus, you have the money, too. Um, <laughs> so, la last week, we were talking about Konami and everything they were doing after Tokyo Game Show. And uh, we learned that someone may be remaking Metal Gear Solid 3 in some kind of remaster, remake. Well, uh, someone who works for Virtuous, a studio who is apparently the rumored studio working on the MG Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, did confirm that he is, him and his his company are working on a AAA action adventure game remake. And this is for Video Games Chronicle. The lead programmer Zhi Yang Li uh, put this on his LinkedIn profile. So uh, there you have it, folks. It pretty much confirms that they're working on a Metal Gear Solid Three remake uh, from a. LinkedIn profile. Jesus Christ. Um, fuck, man. Epic wants to make a Fortnite movie. Go fuck themselves. Anyway. Activision. Blizzard. A name that will not leave these lips for quite some time. The new lawsuit, um, which they recently paid $18 million on a settlement, uh, to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, there may have been an ethical violation. Um, and this may stem into the California Department for Employment and Housing lawsuit as well. Per B PC Gamer, um, the California Department for Employment and Housing objected to a settlement that they paid the EEOC. And... The reason for that is because it could seal evidence necessary to their investigation and cause harm to their lawsuit against the company. Um, the EEOC then filed a, an appeal um, and pointed to apparently unearthed information that could not only undermine the department's appeal against the settlement, but also its wider, wider legal argument against Activision Blizzard. Uh, per this memorandum, the EEOC says that up until recently, the California's case was being led by two lawyers who had previously worked for the EEOC, and in particular on its own case against the company. Um, if that's true, their objection could be a conflict of interest, but uh, also a breach of professional ethics uh, and a, uh, a violation of California's rules of professional conduct. So this is per the memo. Quote, specifically two DFEH attorneys who play leadership roles within the organization previously served as EEOC who helped to direct the EEOC's investigation into Commissioner's Charge Number 480-2018-05212 against Activision Blizzard. Uh, 
Inc. These same attorneys then proceeded to represent DFEH in connection with these intervention proceedings, which seek to oppose the consent decree that arose out of the very investigation they helped to direct while at the EEOC, unquote. Ah, so they went from one organization, government organization to another and continued to go against Activision. Not like they had it coming, but still. Um, the two lawyers have been replaced. Uh, and this is a quote from the DFEH. It says, quote, After being informed of this conflict, DFEH retained new counsel, but appears to have filed the present intervention motion just hours after this counsel was retained, strongly suggesting that the... Oh, this is... Sorry, this is from the EOC. Uh, strongly suggesting that the motion is a product of the prohibited representation. For this reason, the intervention motion should be disallowed and the DFEH attorney should be barred from providing work product to or advising new counsel in connection with these intervention proceedings. Unquote. Wow, this is a doozy. There's This, this memo keeps going and going. This is going to be an ugly fight with Activision and Blizzard. I can tell you that right now. Bobby Kotick needs it. Huh? What? Sorry, I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> um, two things before we move on, gaming-wise. Uh, G4 has finally announced that it is officially relaunching next month. On November 16th, G4 will launch on Verizon Fios, Cox, and Xfinity TV. Uh, it will also be on Philo and Twitch on a multi-year promotional and commercial partnership uh, through G4's official Twitch channel. Um, Channel-specific content will also be featured on G4's social platforms and YouTube. Uh, it will be delivered through a first-of-its-kind, so per G4, quote, Programming will be delivered through a first-of-its-kind 24-7 broadcast studio, unquote. Uh, their studio is in Burbank. Uh, was designed by Populous, who is also behind Yankee Stadium, Red Bull HQ, and the eSports Stadium Arlington. Um, oh man, it's not on Spectrum. I'm not cool with that. Anyway, uh, the official launch lineup includes Attack of the Show, uh, the original Geek Culture Variety... This is a quote. The original Greek Geek Culture Variety Show returns with host Kevin Pereira and a brand new cavalcade of misfits, unquote. Keeps going. Uh, X-Play. X-Play used an extra life. The Ultimate Video Game Review Show returns as a digital first content brand that balances an authoritative loudmouth confidence with the absurdity of public access comedy sketch show, all while maintaining enough credibility to book interviews with top industry luminaries. Um, Adam Sessler is back, joined by a group of hilarious experts. Uh, Boosted. Boosted is a weekly esports comedy series for curious gamers and sports fanatics alike. Boosted is that moment in-game when you realize you're the worst player in the lobby. We want to revel in the entry level as we approach gaming and esports as interns guided by our executive level experts. Boosted will cover the latest trends, news, and tournaments in the esports world every week. Uh, Ninja Warrior is returning. The quest to summit Mount Midoriyama returns as G4 attains the exclusive linear broadcasting rights to Sasuke, better known as Ninja Warrior in the United States. From Tokyo Broadcasting System. So, G4 will air all 167 episodes of the Legendary Competition Show. Um, and will also present three tournaments never before seen in the United States. Sasuke 35, 36, and 37. So they will be airing 
new original Ninja Warrior, not American Ninja Warrior. Uh, they also will have ESL Gaming, uh, Dungeon and Dragons Limited Series, uh, and that is it as of right now. Um, but um, I hope it comes to Spectrum, because otherwise I'm going to have to go find it somewhere else. Since it's not, uh, if it's not on my cable provider. And a uh, final bit of gaming things I wanted to talk about today. This started trending today. Disney is teasing a video game announcement for Star Wars for December. Now, everyone knows the Game Awards is in December. So this is clearly hinting at a possible reveal for then. Or they could just be announcing something in December. Obviously, the Game Awards makes the most sense. Most people don't drop random gaming news in the middle of December. Um, outside of the Gaming Awards. So, like, there's literally nothing else that could be other than happening at the Gaming Awards. Now, my money is on a Jedi Fallen Order 2. I'm sure some people think it might be related to the Knights of the Old Republic um, remake. I, I'm I'm going to go with the crowd that's probably thinking it's a Fallen Order 2 announcement. That makes the most sense right now. Uh, unless there's a studio working on something we don't know about. Um, it could even be a Battlefront 3. Who knows? I think, though, it's Fallen Order 2. That that's unless it's a bad batch game or like a uh, uh, Republic Commando two or something. I I don't know, but that's my, if if I were a betting man, I would be putting money on a Fallen Order two announcement. And that is it for video games this week. Surprisingly, not a whole lot. October's a weird month. We got a lot of new games coming out, so we'll be talking about those soon. That's that's the way it goes right now. Anyway. So, let, let's recap Squid Game, shall we? Squid Game is taking the world by storm. Of course, I, I waxed poetic about it last week. It's literally one of the greatest shows Netflix has ever produced. And, and there's no surprise. It's, it's literally Netflix's most watched show, most successful show. It literally has over 111 million views already. And I'm sure it's even more at this point. It's such a fucking great show. We talked a bit last week about that guy who was getting 4,000 calls a day. Um, did we talk about that? There's so, so there's a phone number on the back of the card that uh, Gihan gets. And it's a real phone number that I guess in Korea they don't, they don't have a fake phone number like we do in the U.S. for movies and TV. So some guy had it and he was getting like 4,000 calls a day and he doesn't want to give up the number. So now Netflix is going to remove the scenes with that phone number when they show it on the back of the business card. Um, it's, it's wild. Like I said, most watched show. Uh, because of it, uh, sales for white vans and green track suits have shot up like in high percentiles. White van sales, vans, the shoes, not van, like a vehicle. White vans... Sales have gone up 7,800, 7,800, that's 7,800 
7,000%, almost 8,000% have gone up in sales. It's wild. People are wearing the costumes. Or you expect to see a lot of Squid Game costumes this Halloween, especially because Netflix has partnered with Walmart to be their retail partner for Squid Game costumes. So I'm sure you are going to be seeing a lot of guards and players uh, walking around this Halloween or at Halloween parties or out and about in the world. And uh, as of right now, there is no current plan for a second season. Uh, the creator of the show has some ideas. Um, he also said he would maybe take ideas from the community, um, maybe focus on the... Um, why can't I think of his name? Not the leader, but the, the main guy uh, in the mask. Um, maybe focus on the guards instead, um, but not, not the players this time. Um, so that that's what he's thinking. Uh, he would also hire more directors. And uh, just overall, he hasn't written anything yet, um, but he, he wants to. And granted, we haven't even been given a second season Obviously, we're getting one if it's their most successful show. Uh, we'll see what happens in a potential Squid Game Season 2. Um, also, Season 3 of Lost in Space on Netflix will be its final season. Uh, and that returns on December 1st. Um, and also for Netflix, That 90s Show was announced this week. Uh, it will be an official sequel to That 70s Show. Uh, it will see the return of both Red and Kitty Foreman, so it's going to be about Eric's parents. Um, uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Kurtwood Smith and Mary Jo Rupp, Rapp uh, will be returning to reprise their roles from that 70s show. Uh, no word yet on if any of the other characters will be returning, uh, but it will uh, focus on um, Eric and Donna's little girl who uh, go to visit their, her grandparents for the summer. So that is what that show is going to be about. Deborah Jo Rupp. I don't know why I got her name wrong. Um, but they will be reprising their roles as, uh, like I said, uh, Red and Kitty Foreman. And I cannot wait. So if you're a big fan of that 70s show, I'm sure you'll be a fan of that 90s show. And it's not the, the show that everyone feared it would be. So that, that's that's good to hear. Um, and then, so we all know that Cowboy Bebop, the live action show, is coming to Netflix. Well, uh, the original Cowboy Bebop anime is also coming to Netflix. And with that, they also announced that the original Japanese voice cast of the anime will be voicing the dub of the live-action show. That's actually really funny. Um, I started watching it for the first time myself, the anime. It's fucking great. If you haven't seen it, you're, you're missing out on a lot. Um, also, rumors right now are swirling that Katherine Hahn may get a Agatha Harkness spinoff on Disney Plus. No official word yet, but it looks like the showrunner for WandaVision would return to write and uh, showrun this one. Uh, and then New York Comic Con was this week, and we got a new trailer for the Blade Runner anime, Blade Runner Black Lotus. 
That looks fucking cool. Way cooler than the movies. Uh, the animation style is phenomenal. Uh, it's a Crunchyroll original and will also air on Adult Swim. And then we got new Star Trek news. Uh, we got a first trailer for Star Trek Discovery Season 4, which drops in November. We have the return of the Ferengi. They look very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, looks like we're sticking around in the 30th century. And uh, a new anomaly comes to threaten the Federation in the galaxy. Oh, big surprise. Uh, and then our uh, a new look at uh, hologra hologram Janeway uh, in Star Trek Prodigy. And then uh, it has been confirmed uh, as um, Carl Weathers confirmed. The Mandalorian Season 3 has started filming. So that will probably air sometime next year, as we now know the Book of Boba Fett will not end, uh, not air until the literal second to last day of, of 2021. Um, but that is what's happening. And I want to talk about What If before we talk about movies. So, What If ended this week, uh, season one did at least, with a uh, uh, Avengers-level, you know, team-up. Uh, the Guardians of the Multiverse, as Uatu the Watcher uh, dubbed them. Uh, we brought them all together, but we got one character who we had never seen before all season. Uh, and one from an episode that had even toys released this year. And it turns out that episode was cut uh, for time, essentially, uh, to make sure they could get season one out on time. And it will actually be in season two, and it's an episode focusing on Gamora... Uh, and her getting the Infinity Stones. And we also have Tony Stark, uh, who goes to Sakaar, if we are to believe the Lego sets. Um, so they will get their own episode in Season 2. Uh, but again, we, we get this ultimate team-up. Uh, it is Killmonger, from the episode where he kills Iron Man. We get the uh, uh, T'Challa Star-Lord. Uh, of course, Gamora in Thanos' armor, of, uh, no less. Captain Carter. And um, we get uh, Thor. Party Thor. And who am I missing? Um, Supreme, Strange Supreme. So they, they all team up. Then they're, and they're fighting, uh, you know, Ultron. The, the Ultron who has the Infinity Stones, who can see in the multiverse, things like that. Then they end up on the planet where he's from, and they team up with that Natasha Romanoff and her, her, uh, uh, what, what, what's his name? Uh, anyway, the German scientist dude. I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, epic fight. Turns out Killmonger is, is evil as, as we all thought. Um, and, uh, he fights with the German dude. Wow, I'm, uh, Zola. Armin Zola. I don't know why I can't think. Episode ends with with the Watcher essentially trapping Zola and Killmonger fighting for Infinity Stones in a tiny little pocket universe, which I think people think is a setup for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because Strange Supreme is the one who ends up watching them. Uh, but it, it's really interesting because this means that Season 2, we might get another team-up of the Guardians of the Multiverse. And... Uh, there's also big implications for what's going to happen with Captain Carter. Uh, the Watcher just drops Nat from a planet that was dead onto the planet where their Nat died. The one where 
Hank Pym murdered all, all of the Avengers and they're fighting off Loki. So a lot of interesting things going on in What If, but it's definitely something I didn't think I would like. And it turned out to be really great. The animation was amazing. I still think the best episode was T'Challa Star-Lord or Strange Supreme. One of those two. Uh, those were definitely some of the best ones. Party Thor, though, is great. Uh, Party Thor is best Thor. <laughs> um, but but that's it for What If. That's it for TV today. Let's talk about movies, shall we? So, James Bond came out. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Denny Villeneuve. I can never say his name properly. You know, Dune's coming out. He's directed some great movies in the past. He has said that he has interest in directing a James Bond movie. But he knows that it will be hard following Daniel Craig. Obviously, he would take on a new James Bond, whoever that ends up being. Uh, Idris Elba has already ruled himself out. Um, and of course the producers of the Bond franchise have said they're going to start looking starting next year. But who would you guys want to direct a Bond movie? Who would you guys want to be the next Bond? I thought Tom Hiddleston was a shoe in um, Henry Cavill wants to be a Bond villain. I don't know if he would, he'd probably be good as a Bond too. Um, I've heard Lee Pace's name get thrown around. Um... I'm sure there's up and comers who could who could be James Bond who I might not even know offhand. There's there's plenty of people, British actors who could be James Bond. Um, just uh, they don't know who it will be just yet. I heard Damien Lewis's name thrown around. A red-haired Bond would sure to be piss off a lot of people. It'd be funny though. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we got our first looks. At the Batman and its Batcave and Batmobile ahead of DC FanDome this upcoming weekend in Lego form. A few Lego sets have been released, or shown off at least, of potential sets for the Batman. Uh, one of them is a cool Technic set that is of the Batmobile from, from the upcoming film. Uh, one of them is a, a, a Batcave scene, which obviously gives nothing away because it's in Lego. Um, the Batmobile, though, is honestly the best looking set. Uh, Lego, when it comes to Lego sets, take them with a grain of salt because sometimes they portray interactions that don't actually happen in the movie. Um, one of them's like a, a penguin chase and we're hearing that he's barely in the movie. So I don't, I don't know how much we can take from that set. Um, but like I said, the, the set that is just a technic version of the Batmobile, it's like a hundred dollars. I think it said, that's the one that would be the most like upfront and honest <laughs> about them. Um, and then we got our first look, Timothy Chalamet posted, uh, himself as Willy Wonka in the Wonka, you know, um, prequel. And honestly, honestly, it looks fucking terrible. Like, is this a period drama now? It looks like he's, they're filming in the fucking 1800s. The hell? I know Wonka dresses like an ass hat, but I didn't think we were going to be having this take place in the 1800s now please don't do this please don't ruin Willy Wonka oh god I can already tell it's going to be terrible we got an origin story in the terrible Tim Burton one oh god 
we don't need this. We need the Great Glass Elevator. We need the sequel where they go to the Space Hotel. Come on. Come on. Jeez. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, we got a new trailer for the new Scream film that drops in January. And it is it is teasing the return of old favorites and also the inclusion of new faces. I am very excited. I love the Scream franchise. And it looks like Dewey, though, is not a cop anymore. I don't know. Um, but Sydney's back. Gail is back. Hello, Sydney. Ooh, cannot wait for Ghostface to be back, boys. It's going to be good. It is going to be good. And you know it. You know it's going to be good. Um, we'll see though. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but I know it's going to be good. Uh, Scream is just great. And that means you're probably going to have a resurgence of ghost face Halloween costumes in, uh, 2022. No surprise there though. That is a enduring costume that will probably never go away. Uh, also this week announced by James Gunn, Will Poulter. Uh, after a leak, he confirmed the news, as he usually doesn't. Uh, he only combats fake news or false uh, false rumors. Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, no word yet on, on the story, obviously, other than Adam Warlock appearing. He's been teased for the last two films. Um, and he will now finally be appearing, uh, being played by Will Poulter. And then, in the strangest of events, uh, apparently in Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, there is a uh, cameo by the Matrix Resurrections team. And if you're watching it, there is a scene. Uh, so, uh, Matrix Resurrections comes out in December. And uh, they were both filming in February of, of last year. So, I guess there's helicopters that were being used for the Matrix, and they were being used to film the Matrix, and the filmmakers of Venom Let There Be Carnage, I guess, just filmed them flying around the city filming the Matrix. So, <laughs> that's so funny. So if you're watching Venom Let There Be Carnage, you can actually see them filming The Matrix Resurrections in Venom 2, which means that there's also a fourth Matrix movie coming in the Venom universe. So, oh, they're using them to, to hunt their characters, but in reality, they're the Matrix ones. This is so dumb. Anyway, I'm going to talk about James Bond, No Time to Die. So, there is going to be some spoilers. So, it's up to you if you want to stick around. Uh, but it's honestly one of the best Bond films in a very long time. Um, I only say that because I feel like Skyfall came out like a decade ago at this point. But it's probably only been like eight years or seven years or something. I, I don't know. But it, it it's top five. Top five for sure of James Bond I know some people have some, oh wow, Skyfall, Skyfall's nine years old, holy shit, um, 
Oh my god, that's funny. Um, anyway, top five Bond films. Like if I if I were to rank them, uh, Skyfall's number one. From Russia with Love is number two. Then it would be, you know, yeah, Skyfall from Russia with Love. Let me think. Uh, actually, you know, Goldeneye. Goldeneye is number two. No, Goldfinger. Ugh, can't talk today. Goldfinger, right? Then No Time to Die. Then Goldeneye. And then From Russia with Love. Top five. Hands down. And as you can tell, Daniel Craig is now my second favorite Bond. Um, uh, Daniel Craig is my second favorite Bond. Sean Connery will always be number one. Always be number one. Even though Skyfall's the best Bond movie, Sean Connery's the best Bond. Um, it, it's, it, there's a lot of cool callbacks. Honestly, it's the first time I've ever seen a Bond movie use the theme song from a previous Bond. And there's a lot of comments on it. Like there's, it's a, we have all the time in the world, he says multiple times. And you hear a lot of the, the music from On Her Majesty's Secret Service which was the George Lazenby film, uh, but they it featured the song by Louis Armstrong, We Have All the Time in the World. It was written for that movie. That song, and this movie ends with that song, and there's like there's a lot of musical cues to it and some other old James Bond songs, which is, which is great. I'm pretty sure there were a lot of other callbacks and hints to other James Bond films that I kind of recognized. I... I'm not 100% certain. I'm sure someone will put out a video soon on YouTube pointing all those things out. Um, but essentially the story is Bond is is retired. He's living with, with Madeline, uh, who's from, if you watch Spectre, um, something happens. They take a break. Again, Bond is living on his own. Felix Leiter comes to see him. First off, they did my boy Felix dirty. They did my boy Felix dirty. Granted, Felix has been... Critically wounded or killed off in other Bond films before. Um, but man, they did my boy Felix dirty. And it gives something Bond to fight for. He was helping the Americans. Then he gets looped back in with, 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 with MI6. Clearly M was hiding something. It's because of M that uh, Rami Malek's character, who is not Dr. No, despite all things leading people to think he would be Dr. No, um... In fact, he's trying to kill the world with, with nanobots that M helped have created under MI6's watch. Anyway, um, and then we find out that, uh, what's her name? Um, she actually is playing 007. Um, just, she took Bond's spot, so she technically is, you know, the new 007. Um... Why can't I think of her name? Uh, da, 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 da. Lashana Lynch, who's also in Captain Marvel and some other films. Um, Anna de Armas, severely underused in this movie. She was great in this film. Um, she's going to be a, a great up-and-coming actress, I will say that. Granted, she was great in... I loved her in uh, Knives Out. Anyway, 
Bond gets involved. Then they start looking. Turns out that Madeline was lying about some things. Bond goes on the hunt. Some cool stuff with Q happens. And then we find out Bond has a fam, uh, a, a daughter. And, and all these things happen. And this was the first time, I think, that we've gotten a Bond that we knew this was going to be their last film and that they get to go out on a on a high note and in a way that that's never happened I think in the Bond franchise. We've never seen this happen to a James Bond. And I'm not necessarily going to spoil that part. Um but it it's definitely like uh uh something I have not expected them to do in a Bond franchise. And and I'm okay with it because it, it, it happened for a legitimately good reason. And I like I said, the, this is a very suspenseful Bond film. And that the, the two and a half hours, the two hour two I, I think it's close to two forty five, it, it goes by so fast. You don't even realize. Like I said, it's the thrills are great. It's a great suspense bond film. Like it's like like a great mix of all the Daniel Craig films. And the darkness of the Dalton films and the action and tense stuff of, of some of the early Pierce Brosnan. Like, it, it all works together. It, it is literally like an homage to a Bond film. And, like, if this was the last Bond movie, I think it would be okay. for At least, at least if it was for a while. Um, but, but how they end it, I, I love, actually. And, it, it like I said, it makes sense. Uh, and... Oh man, I just hope they bring back some people uh, for the next Bond. Like obviously Judy Dench was was M for a while. Um, between these, two, between Brosnan and him, and I think uh, the old M was the same for a while too. So they they could, I'm sure they could find a way to keep Ray Fiennes as as M and just play it off like nothing. They they just I don't I don't know how they would do it with with how this ended, but it, it would I'm sure it would make sense. Um, but honestly, it, it's really worth seeing. It was a great James Bond film. Like I said, in my top five, I know a lot of people didn't like Spectre, but I, I thought Spectre was okay. This fits with that. Um, I, my friend called me today and was telling me how he didn't like it and it was, the plot was nonsensical. And I'm like, dude, they're half the time James Bond movies don't make sense. It's, it's Okay. If it doesn't make sense, it's okay if there's there's some buildup and things that don't pay off all the time. Like that's okay, but or if there's like a misdirect, it's it's okay if that happens. But again, like I said, this was a great James Bond film. I would definitely recommend checking it out if you were on the fence. Um, but I loved it. Definitely a, like an eight out of ten for me. Uh, top five James Bond. But uh, that's it for Nick's Nerd News today, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, I'm your host, Nick. Uh, I will be shoutcasting for the 101 League on Friday and Saturday, so make sure to check them out on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, and the like. Um, tomorrow night, we're doing FGC night with them as well. Um, also, make sure, hey, check out nicksnerdnews.com. You guys can listen to the show right in your browser. You can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast pages. 
So that way you can listen to the show on the go. You can subscribe to the show, get alerts, all that fun stuff. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab. That way you guys can see all the fun stuff we post on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, or if you prefer, just search Nick's Nerd News on your preferred social media platform of choice. We tend to post a lot of fun memes and things like that. But that's it for me, guys. I will catch you on the flip side.